Welcome, welcome to the Bro CR Supercast. Basically, a super cool podcast. See what we did there? <laughs> we discuss all things obstacle course racing, culture, and community that embodies it. From performing athletes, flashy new gear, and secret guacamole recipes. Yummy. We've got you covered, bro. Do you have questions? We want to find answers. Want to talk about running in the mud and your next big adventure? Cool. So do we. Now let's lace up those trail kicks and jump in the corral. The Supercast. The Supercast starts now. And we are back here. Happy Tuesday. Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Tuesday morning here at the Supercast. Um, well, Monday night for me here. Um, yep. What are yep. you having for dinner, Leah? Um, well, I'm not really sure. I made the kids some spaghetti, but um, I'll probably make a salad or something for myself. I'm going to have a tomato soup because fall has finally arrived here in the Midwest. Blech. And I'm going to make some grilled cheese. Well, the grilled cheese sounds good. Tomatoes? Nope. Can't do them. <laughs> Tomato bisque soup. Yep. Uh, but anyway, none of that matters because we've got a great episode for you guys today. Um, yeah, well, before that, on... let's talk about this weekend and lots of racing. Well, okay. Okay, Leah. Lots of <laughs> racing. Uh, but I didn't race. Uh, but Leah, Leah traveled all the way up here uh, to our neck of the woods and ran two races this weekend. Uh, I did. Leah, what was your Saturday race? So my Saturday race um, was actually, it was a really interesting race that I kind of want to touch on. So it was local to St. Louis. Um, a group okay. of people have put on this race series. It was the second race um, that they've done called the Chirenji. Um, and basically, yeah, basically it was a hybrid course of Ninja Warrior and okay. OCR. And the way it was set up was actually really cool. So it was so how was it set up then? So it was at a public park, and the park has a ninja course on it, and so and then a big open field, and so around the field was a is a half mile track, and so the way the race was set up was it started in the ninja part, and it was a time trial, one person at a time. Okay. And when it was your turn, three, two, one, go, and you go through the ninja course, and there was ten obstacles, um, one try okay. each obstacle, and for every obstacle you failed, it was five burpees cumulative to be paid at the end. So, okay, so you had all your burpees at the end there. Yep. So you Stacked go through on. your ten obstacles, and there's somebody there watching you and tracking how many obstacles you fail. Once you get through that, those ten, you pay out your burpees. Yep. And then after your burpees, you go on a half mile run around the park. Okay. And then coming back to where you started, and then you enter the OCR gauntlet. And there was, I want to say maybe 12 obstacles. I lost track. Okay. Um, but it started off, there was an Atlas carry. It was actually an Atlas ladder, three different weights of Atlas stones. So you did the first one, you did the second one, you did the third one. Then there was a tire drag. There was a legit rig. There was a sandbag, like through obstacles and a crawl with it. There were tire flips. There was a yoke. 
um, a series of different walls. This um, stands like standard backyards, crazy to- OCR action. You got yeah, like it was three guys awesome. handing out cans of PBR. It's yep, just going it was, wild. <laughs> you know, but the thing is, is it was so well put together. Because at first, I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit, of, you know, how's this going to work? Uncle Jim's really... backyard OCR extravaganza. Yes, <laughs> and it ended in a warp wall. You go up the warp wall, you jump off the back onto a crash pad, and cross the finish okay. line. And so it was That's a fun. timed event. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, small local event. I think there was something like maybe twenty-five elite competitors. Um, All right. And then there small were some numbers. open waivers. Yeah, it was a small little local event, but it was very well put on. A good time. Um, and it was it was definitely a good time. It was put on by Hazelwood OCR was the name of the group, and they have okay. three races per year. So this was my first race of you know of this series put on by them, and I'm a fan. I liked it, and I came out. With you know, the second we like place. locals. Yep. You know, you yep. came out second place. That's great. That's phenomenal. Yeah. You know, we think back to these races that we love, like you did the Marion Mud Challenge mm-hmm. earlier this year. That's another awesome one. Just got done with Highlander, and we've got Abominable coming up here in a few months. I mean, it's doing locals is, and there's no, it's a wonderful thing, and it's so good for the community, and you get to meet so, so many amazing people. Guys, Absolutely. check out, check out locals, please, please yep. check out locals. So after that, well, so while you were doing that, Bill went and ran, if you check it out on our Instagram and our Facebook page right now, he did the, uh, the beast in Attica and ended up, um, second in his age group and hit, mm-hmm. you know, he, he hit first in his age group, and hit podium. Yeah. First in the age group. First in the age group. Um, so great, great, you know, shout out to Bill. Good, good yep. finish there. Additionally, then you came out the next day for the sprint, drove all yep. the way over there. Yep, I was all over the place. I started off in Atlanta. And then you took then... podium again. Yep, I did. I took second um, in the podium, second for my age group, um, which, you know, full disclosure, there's only two of us. But I was hey, fourth, overall, fourth overall for age groupers. So that's that's, that's where I'm focusing. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that race. And that's I have great. to say, that venue is probably my favorite Spartan venue. Um, to race. No, that, uh, I don't know. Well, okay, to race, flat to out, race. Fallen, but race. That is fun there. It is right. Fun. To, it, it's a good, fast, flat. Like so, it's at Indiago is what we're calling it. It's the Chicago. It's Spartan. Indiana. It's outside In of freaking Lafayette. Right. It's like twenty it's, minutes away from Purdue. <laughs> right. It's closer to Indianapolis than Chicago. So I don't By know why far. they don't call it the Indianapolis Sprint, but whatever. So it's at a off-road park. Um, and it's just a fun venue. I mean, it no, it's not my favorite in terms of the pis- picturesque beauty of like Killington or Breckenridge or something like that. But it's just but it's a fun. Really fun course. It's got a lot of varied terrain. There's loose sand. There's you know in the in the woods. You're pouring sand creeks. out of every orifice. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes! I forgot my gators, and I was hating life, but. <laughs> it's it's a really fun venue. Um, if you guys are in that area next year, I really hope they come back there because I like it a lot. Absolutely, they're yeah. you know they're a great they're a great place there. It's fun. I went there and ran last year. Um, really fun. I'm just bummed. I I had some family stuff this weekend. I couldn't make it out there myself, but I'm really hoping to head out there uh, next year. Um, yeah, and there was great, a lot of races time. this past weekend. There was also a Spartan down in Atlanta, which go figure comes to my yeah. my home area, and I'm gone. Um, but there was well, the then Spartan there was also the, the Ocean City. Yep, 
there was there that was looked no awesome. That did look awesome. There was also a Conquer the Gauntlet in Little Rock, I believe. Little Rock's um, a big one there. Yep, it was down there. And there was also a Savage. Where was Savage at? Was it Dallas? I don't remember where Savage was, but there was a Savage oh. this weekend, too. The big thing I was always watching was pictures from Ian Hosick's wedding. So oh. <laughs> it was, that was littering my feed while I was between stuff here at my house. Um, right, right. But anyway, great weekend of racing. Congratulations yep. to everybody out there racing this past weekend. Um, today's episode of BroCR, we've actually got uh, one of our sponsors here on this week. Mm-hmm. Um, we decided to kind of go for something different this week. Uh, we brought on Brent Kokel. Yep. Of our of Human Octane, um, a great yep. apparel sponsor for OCR. Um, a lot of those, you know, high name athletes like um, Ashley out there, Ashley Heller with the OCR team there and stuff. Mm-hmm. They they're athletes on there. Yep. Rose um, wears Human Octane. Rose has been Human Octane. Um, really, really great products. I've always enjoyed it. Um, how about you, Leah? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm new to Human Octane this season. Um, I was skeptical at first. Not gonna lie. Um, but you guys have heard us. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I think you guys have heard us talking about this week after week and it's, it's because it's a great product that we believe in and we wanted to kind of get the lowdown on where it came from and who's the creator of it. So, um, Brent, without further ado, let's kick it over the phones. Episode 32. We are here with Brent Kokal. Did I pronounce that right, Brent? No, you screwed it up, but everybody. Of course, of course. Way to go, Jacob. But I give everybody else a hall pass, so I'll give you a hall pass, too. It's Kokal, like local with a K. Kokal with a K. Well, you know, I've got Bosecker, and Lord knows nobody's ever gotten that right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Brent, how's it going today? Kokal with Human Octane for you guys. Yes, it's, well, it's going awesome because I'm talking to the two of you. Oh, you know, we we appreciate it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So if you're not familiar. You kiss the host's ass when you start, and then everything else goes cream cheese like that. Oh, yeah, see? We try, we try. You know, okay, so if you're not familiar with Human Octane and Brent, Brent makes some of the most badass gear out there. And it's hard to find a company that makes specifically, and don't get me wrong, it's great for trail running. It's great for multipurpose other stuff. They make great stuff. But it's based around OCR, and it makes you look like a badass, and you feel great using it. It's the gear is, um, it's a premium product that works freaking awesome. And I've never had. He's, we've got. I've got two pairs of shorts. I've got um, one pair of pants that I did go in on the Kickstarter with. I don't have a single hole in any of my gear after a full season now of running ultras, and it's good stuff, Brent. <laughs> Well, thanks. I guess I guess I don't even need to say anything about it. Right? Sounds perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Credits. We'll Wrap this up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, thank so you for people... listening to the thirty-second podcast today. Yeah. So people <laughs> who've been listening to our podcast, we talk about human octane every single episode. Yeah. Um, so Where you know, to? this this should come as no surprise to y'all, but we wanted to get Brent on here because, you know, we wanted to kind of talk about what separates human octane from from other companies and. You know, everyone's been seeing it on the on the course for the past, you know, couple of years. And so now we just wanted to kind of figure out, first of all, where did it come from? Why did you decide to reinvent the wheel? And, you know, how did it come to be? Okay. So, you know, people have asked me that question before. And 
they're always kind of just surprised by the answer because I actually had the idea for human octane in the middle of a barbed wire crawl in the Spartan race world championship of 2015. So that, I want to say that was the first year that it was in Tahoe and anybody who's done that race knows about the lake swim and how just like fucking freezing that thing is. Mm -hmm. And this it's always low. And then they've got that obstacle gauntlet that's up the hill from there. Well, in that year we had to swim and I was totally unprepared for this whole thing. So that was like my first year of racing. We all were. I, yeah, exactly. I think I was wearing basketball shorts and like, that was, that was, that was it. Like I was, was like, a bad I don't idea. need a shirt, dude. All these guys, they don't wear shirts. I'm not wearing a shirt either. And basketball shorts will do the trick. So like I get out of that water and it's just, freezing right and the air temperature that day i think was in the 40s so it was warmer than it was just a couple weeks ago but the wind was just like howling over that ridge top and so that year they had i think 50 yards of barbed wire then a six foot wall then another 50 yards of barbed wire then turn around come back and do it again yeah and I'm rolling underneath that stuff and the wind again is just like howling over this ridge and it's blowing like granite and all these little things in your face. And I'm sitting there, I'm just like bitter and I stop and I kind of look around for a second and it's like everybody there was wearing stuff that wasn't for obstacle course racing. It was really good for whatever sport that it was designed for, but it wasn't this. And that didn't make sense to me in that moment because it's like every other sport and keep in mind 2015, like this is still a really new sport. We're still a fringe yeah, sport. It was still yeah. new. Yeah. But it's like every other sport, when you think about it, it's like when I try to get like a back squat PR at CrossFit, I'm wearing lifting shoes, like specifically yep. for that. Mm-hmm. When I'm riding my bike a long way, I'm wearing shorts specifically designed for that. And I'm like, you know what, dude, there's got to be something that's specifically designed for obstacle course racing because like I love doing it. And it looked like a lot of other people love doing it too. And so I got down the mountain and um, I started just talking to anybody that would listen to me about like, what'd you wear in the race? What'd you like about it? What didn't you like about it? What colors do you like? How do you want to feel when you're wearing it? Like all this stuff. Cause I had no idea really what people wanted. And I didn't have any idea how to make clothes at that point either. Well, that was my question. Like, what's your background? Like, were you fashion in any way? No, not at all. Yeah, that's what I like. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So my my uh, my core business at the time, uh, it's a company that still exists, is commercial real estate, and I've got offices of that company in California, Nevada, and Texas. And that's kind of like you know that kind of like is on the point where it was running itself. I was looking for something different to do, and I wanted to do something with physical product, and I wanted to do something where it was like I could be creative and that I could deliver something where it was like going to be this huge test for me as a businessman. So it had to be something that I could be like global with because real estate's kind of like locked down to where you can be. Um, And it needed to just like really challenge me, really expand me. And so, you know, I was into fitness. I was into like, I was like to dress well. And so I was like, okay, cool. We're going to make clothing great. So I, Again, you know, I've I've got this information from all the people that I've talked to at that race and then a couple races after that. And then just recognizing myself, like what I liked and what I didn't like when I was running these things. And so then I set out to make clothes and it was a shit show. So from 2000, (laughs) 
like the end of 2015 all the way until like the middle of 2017, I was mired down in like figuring all this stuff out. So it was like, I found a designer for our very first season on Upwork and it's like, find this freelancer. And then the original manufacturer that I went to, I called these people every day for three months saying like, oh, wow. hey, this is Brent. I've got these designs. I'd like you to make them, please. I'm going to call you back tomorrow. But if you want to <laughs> call me back in the meantime, here's my phone number. And none of these people would pick up the phone. I would call manufacturers. But here's the deal is like a lot of people get into that industry. At least this is like my perception of it. A lot of people get into that industry and they're artists. And then the manufacturers like put some work in on the front end. And I totally get it. They put work in on the front end and then they go and they're like, okay, cool. So now, you know, the, the least amount of these that we can make is like a thousand of them. And mm -hmm. that's going to be 70 grand. And there, cause that was the, that was the first, first purchase order for human octopus, $70,000 that I had to like scrape together versus like investment accounts and savings and all this shit. On a product yeah. that you have no idea if it's going to be ahead or not yeah and i well, i haven't even told you about the no idea part yet because that's coming so <laughs> <laughs> so like you know they they get to that point with the manufacturer and they're like yeah we need money and the artists that like were drawing this stuff and wanted it to look cool they were like oh wait a second i don't have any of that you need money to do this and so the manufacturers they're just bitter about trying to work with people that aren't tested and gotcha. so it's like you know, finally, I think that they just picked up the phone because they weren't checking their caller ID that day, but I'm with them. And I'm like, hey, guys, I've been calling you every day for three months. Now it's time to make my stuff. And they were like, OK, fine, we'll do it. Um, and, you know, it was it wasn't blind leading the blind, but they certainly didn't have their eyes wide open. And I didn't even know what to look for. So like mm -hmm. the first round of stuff. It, like it got out into the marketplace and you know, people generally like we still get good feedback. We still actually have a couple of the styles that we've since reproduced and put back out into the marketplace. Like we've got this one pair of shorts that we call balls to the wall where it's like a, a compression liner inside mm -hmm. and then a long short outside. But like, I'm kind of embarrassed by our beginning um, just because like from a qualitative perspective, it didn't, it didn't meet what I was looking to do, but there's no way that I could have gotten to the right. place that we are now that I'm really proud of had I not like gone through that and made something that it's like, oh God, we screwed that up. And well, like, when you listen really to any, right. yeah, when you listen to any kind of successful business story, you know, th th this is a familiar thing. I mean, how many people out there? try something and come out with something and it's not up to par and then they just give up on it so it, so many right yeah the fact that you exactly. stayed with it and kept pushing it now has led us to the quality product that you guys put out now well yeah i think so i mean that and really you know my wife who like serves as my my psychiatrist 90 percent of the time because i just lay on the couch <laughs> and she talks me through my shit and also it's like when we're going in to sign a second mortgage on our house to produce the second round of stuff and she's like totally cool with it and you know like i'm going like oh man i might be fucking up our entire lives right now but you're still <laughs> smiling at me so this works um but, <laughs> it's a yeah, big leap it's of like, faith 
It really is the whole thing. And it's like, you know, you just recognize that you weren't that smart when you started doing something because one, you know, obviously we've gone through, I didn't know anything about apparel when I started this thing. And then the second thing was like, I did not respect e-commerce at all. I thought that <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. So here's this great idea. We're going to take this guy that doesn't know anything about apparel and he's going to make apparel and then he's going to sell it all direct to consumer online because it's such a niche product. It's like, it's not really for stores, but he doesn't yeah. know anything about selling to people online. And in my mind, I'm going like, okay, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to put out a Facebook ad and then it's going to go viral. Everybody's going to love it and they're going to buy my shit and that's the way it's going to work. <laughs> and then it's like, you know, you don't Did know that happen? That there's like, no, hell no. You know, hell no, like, it did. There's, yeah, there's 13, there's 13 different like objectives that you can have for a Facebook or an Instagram ad. And it's like complicated as hell. You need a PhD to really understand it. And I'm hiring like all these agencies because like one of my deals in business is like when I don't like know it and I need to have speed, get somebody it, else to do that it. out. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I hire all these agencies and the agencies didn't really know what was going on either they knew how to buy an ad but they didn't recognize that like most of the success for an ad campaign comes away from the ad campaign it's like what's the experience like when they get to the place that you're trying to push them and once they get there then it's like okay how easy can i make this it's like it's like as cool as it sounds to like do clothing and have an apparel company, it's really a game of statistics and then just testing. Like we test stuff on our website all the time. It's like sometimes people will see one version of it and sometimes people will see another version of it and they've got no idea this is happening like in the background. And the difference might be that one time you see it, the button color to add something to your cart is red. And the other time you see adding something to your cart, the button is green. And what we're doing with that is we're seeing how many times people tap the red button versus how mm. many people tap the green button. It's like all these sneaky little yeah. mind games. <laughs> well, it's, it's not a mind game. It's really... It, there's no there's no psychology involved in it. What it is is it's simply just testing to see what works yeah. and what people want to see and how we can create this experience that they want to have when we get there. Like for all I know, people are offended by green and they're <laughs> like, "Fuck that! I'm not going to add it to the cart." But since you guys do red, all right, cool. I like running Spartan Supers. That color's red, so I'm going to click a red button. Like I don't know. So I just, right. that's what we do. We test and then based once we get like a thousand people through a page and they've, then that's the statistically valid sampling. And then we change it to that and then we go on it. We try to beat that color. It's, so, it's, it blows me away. Your, um, your attention to the detail on this stuff, right? So, okay. I'm, I'm going to back this up here then. So it was 20, was it 2016 or 17 that I met you in Tahoe? I want to say that that was the end of 2017 so that was I, just when we were transitioning out of first round and we were going to be coming out with second round you're getting ready to get come out with second round and i met you and you were you had messner out on the course trying out a pair of your new pants yeah and i was at the time me and leah both were and talking about other clothing companies and stuff so mm -hmm. um sure. second skin at the time me and yep. Leah were both second skin athletes and that was a hot ticket item at the time 
Mm-hmm. That was that was a hot ball game, but they've since passed. And I really feel we, we were talking about like the attention to detail that you have on your product. Like there's so many things. Second skin really went way too wide, in my opinion. Well, I mean, um, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Second skin made an amazing product for what it was. But, but it wasn't specific. It wasn't OCR. Exactly. No, it was not OCR. It, it was, was not fantastic compression wear. But when you compare that clothing to the human octane clothing, no as far as no functionality comparison. for OCR, that's where the difference comes in. But, but my point is here, when I met you and you're so jet set on seeing how your product held up in Tahoe that Messner was trying out, I was like, man, I don't know much about this dude, but the way that he looks at stuff and the like the energy that he gives towards it, I got to figure out how I can start working with this. (laughs) (laughs) Your excitement was just viral. It was so freaking, and just even hearing you talk about like the things that you just, you were so like passionately driven about making a freaking awesome product. It's, it's awesome. Well, I appreciate that. If you'd talked to me about it like two years ago, while I was in the throes of trying to figure it out, I'd probably be crying, but now it's easy to be like, oh yeah, that was pretty cool to do. So, yeah, yeah. What would you say was the turning oh, point man. for you? It sounds yeah. like this was all just a big leap of faith and crossing your fingers, hoping this works. At what point did you sit back and say, wait a minute, this, this is, is, gonna this be okay. is going well, this is okay. <laughs> you know, really that point was after we made the first round of stuff. Then it became clear to people in the industry that I was going to be a player and that I was willing to like, I was willing to get to the finish line on this stuff. And so with the second round, knowing what went wrong with the first, right? Like we had fit issues. There was sometimes where like the stitching wasn't real. It wasn't, it wasn't okay. Like it, I can geek out on, on, technicalities of clothing for you all day but it's boring don't worry about it other than all you need to know (laughs) is that it was like it was not to my standards and it like it needed to change and so yeah once i got that done everybody started calling me back and Mm -hmm. that was huge and so i ended up with the second round and then the third and the um and all future rounds I've been working with this company where it's like, these are the people that started the design work for Lululemon. These are the people that do all of Nike track and field shit still. It's like one of the few Mm. things Nike outsources. These are the people that can fucking deliver. Nike track and field in the Oregon project is legit. (laughs) Yeah, like all that shit. It's like, that's that's the caliber of people that I got access to. And that's really what it is. It's like, yeah, it's not... It's not me. Like, I mean, I will, I will be the one that makes the decision, but when it comes to the creative process, it's these people that I work with. Like, you know, you said Jacob at the beginning, it's like, you feel badass wearing it. There's a reason you feel badass wearing it because I'm sitting up in that design lab with them. And what we're doing is we're just looking through pictures of old comic books, like old, (laughs) you know, like seriously, like old Avengers comic books. Because when I think about it, I'm like, you know what? Every super, every superhero, they've got some superpower where they can just fuck shit up on their own. No problem. (laughs) But guess what? They still wear some cool ass outfit where you look at him and you're like, Oh dude, that dude's physically intimidating or that girl looks badass. 
And so that's what we did. We just were pouring through these old comic books for inspiration, like on the lines of where it was going to map to your muscles in your body and like how that was going to flow with you for colors. Like our color story, it's is what it's called, where you like, you know, the, the different colors that you're going to use for mm -hmm. your brand. That mm -hmm. is all based, that yellow, that blue, that red um, is all based on this picture of Wolverine that we got out of a 1960-something comic book. Oh, my gosh. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, or I mean, it's it true. Like, like, when you put it on, I mean, there's so many different brands out there that it's either solid, plain, boring black, or yep. it's bright, obnoxious, you know, gaudy, tacky patterns. You know, there's something to be said about the clean, classic look that you are per that you're putting out there, and you that, can get matching stuff. Right. That's that <laughs> still not not mm. only does it fit good, but it's it's flattering. You know, I joke around all the time that you know when I put on compression wear, I feel like a busted can of biscuits. <laughs> you know, <and laughs> because so many different brands will fit you that way, where you feel like you're poking and bloating and bubbling out of different areas, no matter how fit or thin you are. And the fit that you guys have come up with is not only, you know, aesthetically pleasing from a visual standpoint, but it fits your body well. That's the idea, right? Those lines, like, um, like on our women's shorts, like our women's elite compression shorts, mm -hmm. those seams that are vertical that go down the front, like yeah. we went, we went through eight different samples of that, where that seam was moved by a couple of millimeters at a time, because what we we're looking for was we were looking for the way the sight lines would work coming down that, where it was not going to make it look like you were too narrow or too wide, but where that sight line would create this powerful look that we were going after. The same thing with the men's stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Like it's really, it's, how is that line going to make you look fast and make you look powerful? And that's really where the seam, like down to the seams, we pay attention to it. Well, it's definitely noticed. And I think that, you know, you see these pictures, I mean, myself included, I don't have to worry about them, you know, rolling or catching Looking me at bad. a bad angle because things are where they're supposed to be. So, you know, as, as a girl, you know, I, it's something that we're aware of for sure. And I'm sure guys are too. One of my favorites was I was looking back at an old photo from me in Chicago and it was, it was just after a real rough race there that year, real muddy and stuff. And I was wearing a pair of, um, you know, second skin product that had cut and broke in any way. And it was all flapping around and it was compression pants, but they were flapping around like my mid thigh. And one side was cut, the other side was, but it was just, it had, the elasticity had given out because it had gotten wet, it had gotten muddy, it had gotten heavy. And one of the things I loved about the bottom of your guys' shorts is, like, you have that band in the bottom. That's the silicone bead that mm -hmm. stays put. It keeps everything put. So, it like, even if I've been through heck and back, it's staying put. It ain't going anywhere. Yep. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's those attentions to detail. Well, that's good. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. You know, it's like, it's one thing to make it. It's another thing to get the, like the feedback that it actually works the way that we wanted it yeah, to work. Yeah, and we sure. test it. Like, I mean, there's stuff that's been in races this year that oh, yeah. isn't coming out for like a year and a half and it's just not branded. 
because really you got you've already got yeah. i was gonna ask you what's next on the docket well yeah that was my next stuff you're working i gotta keep i gotta i gotta keep you in suspense uh, oh yeah, of course like, you do yeah well you we came out with the shirts stuff. this year for the guys and everyone always yeah. was asking like what's after the shirts like the shirts right. the shirts are nice but what's after the shirts yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly well it's like so i mean but uh, we it's the deal is is it's like you go through so many man hours. It's not like you just make something and then you're like, okay, cool. This is great. Like that's not our motif. We could go yep. faster than we're going, but we end up really testing stuff. Like, I mean, yeah, like those, those tights, we tested them through well, like 20, 30 races before we made them. Same thing with the shorts. And then like the shit that's out there now is just, it's like, yeah, man, we got to test it. And so we don't brand it. And even then, it's like it might be a crazy ass color, like Leo was saying. It might be like purple or something like that yeah. because that's the fabric that we've got. Um, but no, I, I will tell you guys that we are working on a couple new styles for women that will be different than what we've made before. And then we are working on three new styles for men um, that really, it, the idea here is to give people products that they need for each type of race environment that they will go into. And it's it, like, I, the reason that I don't want to be specific is because we've got like six different prototypes that we're working mm -hmm. on that are all different for each sex for men and women, but we're going to whittle that down to two for women and two for men or three for men. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Because men typically buy our product more than women do. Um, yeah. But, I guess with that, I can tell you that we are we, we are in development with with a bunch of stuff, and so we'll see what shakes out. Awesome. Um, yeah, because we'll like feedback from our people and all that. So, so if people are interested and want to, you know, get with the programming and and you know get on to some human octane stuff. What can they do? Is it available online? How do they order it? All direct that's the only way to get it. Humanoctane.com um, is the spot to get that. And yeah, that's the only place that you can get it. I haven't tried to put it in any retail stores or anything like that. So that's the spot. So additionally though, like I want to, I want to go back to this. So talking about making right things for the right product. And we were, we we're going on a little bit beforehand here about Tahoe this past weekend and getting pants and I got to mm -hmm. throw this out here. I got I got to bring this story up here. Earlier this year, you guys did a Kickstarter campaign. Yep, um, we did. And I cannot tell you. So, how many people were like, "Oh man, I don't know how about that." A clothing company starting up a Kickstarter campaign. And here's the thing: I know you're a startup. I know that you got this grassroots style, creating your own clothing. Like you just said, you put your house on a second mortgage for it to make it to fulfill an order. Yeah. Like, I don't know many people that would do that. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, that would your... that would that would put a second mortgage on their house, or that would put a Kickstarter thing out. Well, no, to to put a second mortgage to back a product they believe that heavily. Oh, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, but so like, it's one of those things. Like, everyone was like, "Well, I'm like, I'm so happy I backed the Kickstarter when I did," and people were like, "Oh, why are you doing that?" I'm like, "Dude, I believe in this freaking dude. I can buy a pair of." <laughs> like, yeah if, like but here's the thing this past weekend when i was in tahoe i was so happy to have those pants that i bought off the kickstarter 
Yeah, um, for sure. I'm glad you did. You know, I mean, and yeah, I, I'm sure I didn't hear any of it um, because I don't run our own Instagram that often because I got addicted to it and I just found myself scrolling all day when I really should oh. be doing like shit that matters. Yeah, it's, um, it's addictive. So, yeah. So I handed that off to an employee, so, but I don't know what people were saying on it, but you know, really it's like, yeah, we ran a Kickstarter campaign because the, I wanted to make tights, but to make tights, we would have to make 1200 for men and 1200 for women. And it's a lot like of tights. Le- yeah, it is. And I just didn't <laughs> feel like the market was there yet to absorb that many in the time frame that I would have needed. Because, you know, as you mentioned, I have a second out on my house to fund that second round. And it's not like there was an access to a ton more dough. And I wanted to say, oh, man, I don't know. I'd have to look at it. But I want to say they needed like 120 grand to make yeah. the tights. Um, so it was like I didn't have it. And so I'm like sitting there going like, I've got to get these tights made because I feel like, I feel like I just, you know, I've got, I've got these people who like are cool enough to represent us out there. And I want to like, I want to make that. Plus we get like DMs, um, they tell me, and we get emails uh, to our support and they're like, wow, people are asking about tights. So I end up working out this deal with the manufacturer where they said, okay, you know, we will, we will make these tights for you. We'll make them in a small quantity. we still have a minimum, but we've got to charge you uh, a premium. Like 110, yeah, 110% more than we normally do. Um, so it was like double plus. And that's when I thought, you know what, let's see if people want to do it and put their money where their mouth is. And dude, yeah, it's like our website might, you might not be able to tell the difference between our website and a bigger company's website, but I got no problem telling people, yeah, we're a small company. Yeah. There are like three of us and yeah, we don't have unlimited access to resources financially. It's just not the way it is. There's no shame. There isn't because when you're honest, you've got, you're the most powerful person in the room when you've got nothing to hide and there you go. And it's like, what I can tell you is that all we've fucking done is delivered. Like it's like, we can't, we can't deliver big for everybody, but when somebody has something from us and they request, like they order it, we deliver, like we get stuff out of here. Like everything gets shipped within 24 hours of the time it's ordered. And like, if there is an exchange or a return, it's dealt with like right away. Um, it's like, that's this kind of stuff that we have to do because we can't really miss. Like if we miss, then we're totally fucked. And right. people will forgive like, oh, that didn't really fit me the way that I was hoping that it would fit me, but they're not gonna forgive. Like, yeah, it's been like three weeks and I still haven't gotten my shit. And that's just something that's where it's like is, is right. not accept. It's not acceptable. Like that's that's just that's that's what we have to do when we're at this stage of the game, because well, there's no other way to do it. And I guess it's like how how I would want to be dealt with. It's always how I want to be dealt with when I when I buy shit. Like I want it, I want it as fast as I can get it. And Amazon has conditioned my brain to say like I should get it tomorrow, and I should get it for free. And, oh, for sure. Uh, I hate paying know, for shipping yeah. or expecting things more than three days. Are you kidding me? What do you mean I gotta wait? 
Exactly. But the truth of the matter comes down to it is it's like, yeah, what they're doing is they're building shipping into the price of their stuff. Because, you know, like we, yeah, I charge for shipping. I charge five ninety five for shipping. And overall, that's like a 30 cent loss because we put it in a bag that says human octane on it. And I have to print those bags. Um, it's not just like, I didn't want just, I wanted like the whole experience to be cool. So you get a bag. It's not just like a white plastic bag with your shit in it. It's like got a bag that's branded with our logo on it and all that. And it's like, that's, that's it's, I wanted to provide for people. So before we wrap up, can you give us some sneak peeks of, you know, or what to look out for what's coming, what's going to be new for you guys? Um, yeah, well, I mentioned that there's going to be some new styles coming out so people can look for those. And we tend to just like pull the curtain back a little bit at a time. But we're actually going to change the buying process, too. And I recognize that it's like, yeah, there's the core people that do this sport and they do it all the time and they know exactly what they need. And that's what's up. But yep. I think that there's a ton of people out there that don't. It's like they're doing their first race or maybe they're doing like their third, but they're not really sure what they should be wearing in this. And so the website's going to be changing where we're going to do it more along the lines where we tailor packages of gear for people specifically based on what they're going through and what they're planning to do with it. So we're going to ask just a series of questions. It's going to take people probably like 60 seconds to 75 seconds to answer these questions. Super simple. But based on those, we built this little system in our website where based on how you answer these questions, it says, okay, cool. This is the gear that is going to serve you best for that use. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. And so, um, we're we're working on that right now and hopefully within maybe two weeks that's what's going on with it but that's the next thing that's coming up you know it's a unique product it's a unique uh, obviously you want to make sure your people have a great end user experience on top of all that uh brent thank you so much for being on the supercast this week and man we we look forward to your next game out there bro all right man thanks for having me appreciate it thanks You know, I love a good pair of pants. Well, you know, I'm just going to be harnessing my inner Wolverine from now on. And that's just kind of what I'm going to be telling myself (laughs) when I'm out there. It's so cool to hear stuff like that. So, like, I get these, like, set up advertisements, of course, with, like, Facebook and Instagram advertisements. Mm -hmm. And now it's like there's this one – there's this company that are making these hoodies Mm -hmm. that are, like, Avengers-style hoodies – Mm. One was like Thor and one was like, but it's like, it's not quite that, but they don't call it like the Thor or something. They call it like the Odin sun hoodie. And it's like a sleeveless right. hoodie, but it looks freaking sweet. And I'm like, like, I, I guess my, my point is like, you can look like a total badass and yep. still work out. Uh, yeah. Um, and now Brent and it, makes us look like badasses on the course. So absolutely. Awesome. Once again, um, human octane, love them. Check guys, check them out. Um, yep. Great company, great people. Also want to give a shout out real quick to our other sponsor here on the Supercast, Vanga CBD. Absolutely. Um, Vanga CBD is the sponsor of us, has been um, with us since the beginning. It's uh, best quality CBD out there made by endurance athletes for endurance athletes. I know a lot of people got to test it out in Tahoe and we're hearing nothing but positive reviews. You know, I'm hoping here in a few weeks, Leah, I've got it. So I'm just going to break it on you right now here on the cast. Uh I want to do a hybrid episode. 
Um, I want to do a three-part episode. Well, not a three-part episode, but an episode in three parts. We're going to bring one part. We're going to bring the guys back from Vanga on here to talk about their experiences in Tahoe. And then I'd love to have a roundtable with you, me, VJ, and and Heather Golnick talking about our experiences with it. Because they both had really, really good experiences with the CBD oil training and racing and getting better and and recovery. Yeah, both VJ and Mm -hmm. Heather are signed Vanga athletes. Um, you know, the more, more people try it and the more people learn, you know, what it is and get exposure, you know, I've, I've not gotten a single negative review about a Vanga product. Everybody who I talk to loves it. I've, you know, and the guys there working at it, they're genuine, they're honest people, you know, they're good, they're good people. And, you know, they want to make a good product, just like Brent, we were talking to today, the people yeah. that back their product and go full in on something that they believe in. That's these guys right here. They're genuine. Uh, yep. I appreciate that as an athlete, and I appreciate that as a creator, because I know if you believe in something that much, man, how cool. How cool. Absolutely. So check them out, vangacbd.com slash brocr, and save 15% using brocr. Absolutely. Um, I guess that's it for this week, then. So until next week, I'm Jacob Bosecker. And I'm Leah Hensley. You guys have a great Catch week. You out there. Take care. This has been the Bro CR Supercast, powered by Bro CR Media. We always love reviews. Oh, and shout outs too. Want to be on the review? Drop us a line. We know there are other obstacle course racing podcasts out there, but you choose to laugh with us for a while. So, thanks. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. And thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye-bye. And bye-bye. Bye-bye. And bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. And bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.